Hi, welcome back to The Clinical Spiritualist. My name is Morgan Thomas, she, her, and I'm a queer therapist and coach. I'm passionate about uplifting the LGBTQ plus community through client-centered care, and I'm also a spiritual practitioner who specializes in tarot. During the pandemic, I embarked on a spiritual journey that led me into questioning everything about myself and my life. I came out as bisexual, left religion, began reading tarot, and started my own business. I'm passionate about sharing honest stories in hopes of bringing healing, curiosity, and new insights into your world. As always, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Morgan and I'm your host. Today, I'm going to try holding the microphone to my mouth versus setting it on my desk and kind of not having it so close. So we're going to see if the sound quality is better like this. I feel like an announcer at a basketball game, honestly. So first, I want to talk about my little silly goose moment I had related to the podcast. So my podcast is almost one year old. I think I started sometime in August and I made my podcast live on Anchor and also made it live on Apple Podcasts, which meant that I had two podcasts lingering around. It's been on my to-do list to address it and fix it. And it literally took five minutes to fix, Um, but I avoided it. And just this week, deleted the other podcasts and realized that my views were counting in two places. So I always check my views on Anchor and I was almost to a thousand podcast views. I go to my Apple podcast and realize that I have 600 something views there. So combined, the clinical spiritualist is at over 1500 listens so far. It really sucks. Um, because I wish it was all in one place, but you live and you learn this is podcast or, um, this is your one of the podcast. So, you know, you, you just got to learn your lessons and move forward. So I only have one podcast now up on Apple podcast and we got her all situated today. I want to talk about the difference between coaching and therapy So this is going to be a more educational podcast. Um, This is going to be important if you are a coach, if you are a therapist, and especially this is really for clients who are looking to work with a coach or a therapist and want to know maybe which would be best. Well, I think I'm supposed to be talking like this. Actually, now that is a lot different sounding. Anywho, like I said, learning something new every day with the podcast. So um. We're going to break that down. Um, This is my point of view. This is what I've noticed as both a therapist and a coach. So a little bit about my story. I'm trained as a therapist. Um, I'm currently working in Westfield, Indiana as a private practice therapist. Um, And then I also have my own business, Morgan Morgan Thomas Coaching, in which I provide one-on-one coaching alongside Reiki tarot and past life regression. So I I work from a couple of different modalities, actually a lot of different modalities, depending on which healing service or helping service I am utilizing. 
So I have experienced both as a therapist and a coach, and I actively uh, currently work as both. And they're very different. They're very similar in the fact that I'm holding space for people um, to achieve what they want. But I show up differently um, in each space. And obviously there are similarities, you know, the, the empathy, the listening, um, all of that. So I'm going to break that down about how I show up differently, um, but know that each therapist and coach and people who act in both roles, this could be a little bit different for them. Always take what resonates and leave what doesn't. My voice sounds so honestly sexy (laughs) in this mic. Okay. Let's talk about what therapy is. So people um, usually go for, go to therapy when they want to process something traumatic, something emotionally driven, um, relationally driven. They may be experiencing, um, symptoms of anxiety, depression, uh, PTSD, PTSD, um, an eating disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, struggle with body image really like, um, but you don't have to be struggling severely to seek therapy. I want to make that clear as well. People also do it as maintenance or, um, get therapy before anything super traumatic is going on. Um, typically people seek therapy because something deep emotionally needs to be worked through. So, you know, I'm going to say a lot of blanket statements, but know that there's always nuances and conversation, um, that I may not cover. Okay. So therapy is also very diagnosis driven. We are a field that, you know, we heavily use the DSM five, um, with all the different diagnoses in it. Yes. I have opinions on it. Um, again, a nuance, I think it's helpful and I, I think it's harmful. Um, but that that's maybe a different podcast. So therapy is usually very diagnosis driven. There are some therapists who don't diagnose, but those are usually like self-pay private practice. Um, but typically a diagnosis is required. I kind of view diagnosis as it's a language to communicate with other providers. It's a language to communicate with our clients of like, okay, you're experiencing anxiety according to this. Um, you know, you may experience racing thoughts, um, physiological responses, racing heart, sweaty palms. This is how anxiety typically shows up. Um, in which coaching is no diagnosing that would be highly unethical. So more about therapy, therapy and therapists work from theories. So we learn in grad school, all these different theories of, from white men, mostly, um, again, very problematic. And this is a different conversation. So for example, there's, um, Adlerian therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, person-centered therapy, gestalt therapy, feminist therapy, um, play therapy, psychodynamic. There's all these different theories, um, that therapists get to choose after learning all of them, how they want to work with clients. So as a therapist, I work from a psychodynamic lens with like a sprinkle of cognitive behavioral therapy, always feminist therapy. I'm always approaching clients through a, a feminist lens, um, always maybe is a strong word a lot of the time and also, um, some play therapy as well. Yes. Even with adults, I use play therapy. So 
coaching is not from the, the same lens. So all therapists work from a theory or they are, um, eclectic, I think is the word. And they work from multiple theories. So I typically am psychodynamic play therapy with a sprinkle of other things. Therapy is very, very, very rooted in science, very rooted in evidence-based practices. Everything that we say in a session, it should be relating to something important, something, you know, from a theory. Um, Very rooted in science, which I think is great. Um, and research so that we can see what is helping, what's happening in the brain. Um, personally, I think therapy is less can. Okay. How about this? Therapy can be less personable than coaching. Um, so therapists are typically taught to be kind of a blank state. So if a client asks you, so what do you think about that? They're like, well, what do you think about that? You know, like kind of always turning it back to the client, which, you know, I understand to an extent. Um, I'm more personable in my therapy sessions than I feel like a traditional therapist, like especially my LGBTQ plus um, kids I've worked with or a population I work with overall. I usually at some point disclose I'm queer myself. Um, and while that lens is going to look different than yours, it can maybe be helpful to know I'm not heterosexual, um, and can have just a glimpse of insight into your experience. I also sometimes find it helpful to just share a little bit about me when it comes up. So for example, if I've been with a client, I can think of a client I was with, um, a really, really long time and she was struggling with codependency and, um, you know, I I remember saying things like, I get it, you know, but that wasn't every session. And I feel like if we were talking about codependency in a coaching space, I would disclose more. So I very much bring more of my full self into coaching, uh, more of like more advice oriented. That's something that's very important. Therapists should not be giving advice. You know, I'm not going to draw like a hard and fast rule on that sometimes, well, I don't know. I don't really think I give advice. I think I just kind of reflect until the client is like thinking of the advice I want to give. Anyway, coaching is more, I feel like advice oriented, like, Hey, Hey, you should try, um, you know, setting up your calendar like this. You should, um, like I can think of a coaching client where I recommended like, Hey, why don't you get on Bumble BFF? That feels like advice for me. Maybe I would have approached it a little bit differently in therapy, So personally, I bring more of my full story into coaching, whereas I take a, I take my person self kind of takes a back seat in therapy. Again, this is so nuanced. I could like interject a thousand different times and be like, well, in this situation, but I hate when people do that. So I'm trying not to do that for my listeners. Um, so like some therapists overshare in my opinion, and like you shouldn't know your therapist's relationship history. You shouldn't know your therapist, uh, you know, trauma story. If you find like your therapist is sharing too much or sharing every session, or like you say one thing and they're relating it to them, like that could be a red flag. Um, as a coach as well, like the space is not about them. And while a helper sharing can be helpful, it can also be harmful. 
you know, if someone is not, um, you know, I personally had therapists in which they're oversharing and they're talking about themselves. And it's clear because they're not giving themselves space to talk about themselves in their own therapy, their own relationships. And they're kind of utilizing me as the listener. So it can get really, it can get really weird. Um, therapy versus coaching. This is a really big one. Therapy is regulated by a state board. You know, if you feel like you have a problematic or unethical therapist, you can report them. Um, therapists have to have certain amount of continuing, continuing education. They get licensed after, um, grad school. They have to take tests. Um, they have a license number. Like there's so many rules, which I think is great in some aspects, but as someone who hates rules, it can get kind of annoying with how much red tape there is, which is why I found and love the coaching space because I show up and I'm like, there's no red tape, you know, like I keep notes of my coaching clients to remember what happened in last session, but it's not like, you know, my notes could be subpoenaed at any moment. And I need to like have everything perfect. Coaching just feels more fluid, which is more me. Um, but obviously like in the therapist role that I carry, I'm very good at my job there. Um, two, two. Yeah. That's my horn. Um, yeah, it's just a different skill set. It's a different skill set. It's different rules. Like we have a code of ethics, um, which again, all these things, all these things are important because people are unethical in every field. I'm not going to say every therapist is helpful and not harmful because personally I've experienced several harmful therapists and people who I'm like, you know, I went to grad school, but people who are like, y'all shouldn't be coming therapists. Like it's going to be a no for me, but my professors let them through or whatever. Anyway, (laughs) um, yeah. So another thing in the coaching space, I have my clients on social media. Most of my clients I have on social media. I cannot do that as a therapist. So that's where it gets a little wishy-washy. And that's really why I don't promote my therapy services on my Instagram because, and I'll be talking about this in a podcast with someone in August about being a social media therapist. The lines really aren't clear and it can get kind of muddy. So, um, yeah, I don't have therapy clients on social media. And if they found me, which I'm knocking on with right now, no one's ever tried to add me. Um, I would be like fleeting them because you're not supposed to have them on there. Like if your content is educational and stuff, yeah, whatever. I feel like, I, I don't know. This is such a nuanced conversation anyway. And like, I wouldn't just be texting therapy clients. I have like a number that's like HIPAA compliant. I message them on HIPAA compliant email. Whereas coaching, it's just like, I can text them and be like, Hey, can we switch your session? Whatever. So it's just a lot of rules and red tape and therapy. Therapists can take insurance. Not always, not all therapists take insurance, but you can find a therapist that takes your insurance. Um, whereas coaching, you're not going to have a coach who takes insurance. Like, if you find that, let me know. Cause I don't know how that would work. Um, so yeah, those are the big difference with emphasis on like what makes therapy different. Again, I really think both modalities have their time and place. And there's this like fight that therapists have with coaches and coaches have with therapists of like, 
I follow a sex education coach and she is always like, why are therapists giving sex advice if you're not a sex therapist? Um, and that's very true. It's like, we didn't have sex education in grad school, um, where I feel like it would be super ethical for someone to be seeking support related to their sexuality or their, um, you know, sexual life and desire. Whereas like, I think that would be better suited for a sex coach or a pleasure coach or whatever. Um, yeah. So like, anyway, going back to what I was saying, there's like this fight between coaches and therapists of like coaches are saying like therapists are overstepping their bounds. Therapists are saying coaches are overstepping their bounds, which is so, so true. But on both flip sides, like sometimes I think therapists get this really, you know, and I'm guilty of this. I'm not pointing fingers. Like I've been guilty of this where we get so ego driven that in our society, people view therapists as like the bee's knees and, oh my God, thank you for what you do. Like whatever, which feels really good. And that's true. Like therapists are amazing um, as a whole collectively, but we have our limitations. And I was just saying this on a podcast. I was a, I was a guest on this week, which will be revealed um, next week, but like therapist therapy is not the end all be all. And honestly, I've been in so much therapy that now I'm in a space where like, I want coaching. And when I say that, I don't mean like, oh, I've healed to a certain point and now a coach would be okay. Um, it's just like, I'm looking for, like, I myself was looking into a pleasure coach because I feel like most therapists are not going to understand, um, what I'm needing and, you know, and therapy is very limiting in some, in some cases and coaching can be limited in some cases. So we have this like fight of coaches versus therapy and therapists get really pissed off of like, you know, I follow this account that's like psychotherapy memes. I think I should have pulled one up to give you an example, but it's like, they post sometimes something like no one has more or like, I went to all this schooling and I'm in this debt and like a life coach is going to tell me what to do. Or like, no one has a confidence, like a life coach or something like that. It's just like poking fun. And while yes, there are, there are people who are coaches who were charging way too much for what they offer. They're unethical. Um, since the coaching field is not regulated at all, not regulated at all, which makes it fun for me. But honestly, I, I've learned so much ethics about and boundaries and my therapy work has really informed my coaching work. Um, where it feels good not to be regulated, but for someone who's unethical, they can really do some sneak shit. Anyway, I feel like we can go both ways. Coaches act out of their scope. Therapists act out of their scope. And honestly, if you have a coach that's diagnosing you or saying that you may have anxiety or depression, that's not okay. And they need to refer you somewhere else. And also like, I think we need to get comfortable with, we can have multiple helpers and healers that people are working with. And just like each person is working in their own lane, the coach could be working on business stuff or I don't know, something else. And the therapist could be working with anxiety and depression. Like we need to get comfortable that therapists aren't the answer for everyone. And I think sometimes we get this really ego driven, like I'm a therapist. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I know a lot of therapists who should not be therapists. So 
it's just like in our culture, we have certain titles that we deem as more important or more educated than us or better, or they know, like, I don't do this anymore, but my younger self, like going into the doctor's office, like listening to everything they say, like they're a doctor, like I should listen to them. And I'm not saying like, we shouldn't be listening to our professionals, but we need to listen to ourselves and have our own intuition of when something's not feeling good of when someone's not aligning with you just because they have a title of therapist, lawyer, doctor, medical, whatever, doesn't mean that they're the fit for you or that they're being ethical. Cause like I said, there's unethical people in every field you look at helper wise or not. Um, I feel like another difference is, um, coaching is less deep work. Like, yes, I think it can get deep, but you're not like experienced trauma and then like going into coaching and being like processing what just happened. But I feel like there are coaches and coaching that have that trauma informed lens, which trauma informed is a word that keeps getting thrown around that everyone's putting in their bio. And I just, I'm calling bullshit (laughs) truly. Um, just because you've been through trauma and like understand what trauma is a little bit doesn't mean that you're trauma informed period. Personally, I think you need to have a trauma training before you can start saying you're trauma informed. No, that doesn't mean you have to go to grad school, but yes, that means you have to understand how trauma impacts the brain, how trauma impacts the body, um, impacts our relationships and so on and so forth. Anyway, um, I feel, but I feel like overall coaching tends to be less intense work, but it doesn't mean that if I have a coaching client and they're crying in session, it doesn't mean like, oh my God, got to call a therapist. We got to refer them out. Um, and that's really why I love being both a therapist and coach because I'm, I'm able to be like, okay, what's out of my scope, what feels in my scope. And this is why I do free coaching consults because I want to get a feel for what you're needing. And if you're needing a more mental health approach, I'm not going to take you on for your safety, for my safety. But also if you're experiencing mental health issues, that doesn't mean I'm going to kick you out of the door. It makes me, I've referred people to therapists and be like, well, we can work together on kind of these issues that I feel comfortable coming from through a coaching lens. And you can see a therapist for, you know, the childhood trauma or whatever. Um, something I love about coaching as well. I mentioned earlier is that like, I get to be friends. I don't know. I think sometimes that sometimes that's limiting. I get why we can't be friends with clients through a therapist lens. Sometimes it can get really dangerous. Um, but I also like have had therapy clients where I'm like, damn, I want to be their friend. Like, I really think I can handle that, but obviously like never going to do that. (laughs) highly unethical. Um, but I love with my coaching clients, we get to have, you know, like I had a coaching client who also did one of my tarot workshops, um, or, you know, a coaching client who, who comes to Reiki. So like, I get to, I get to like, you know, have them on social media, see their life, like, like their stuff when I see it. Um, and then they also get to book like different services with me. Like I would feel really, I would not read tarot, for one of my therapy clients. Like it just, it's too red tape. I would not risk that. And I know there's nuance where like I've read and heard like therapists using tarot in their sessions. But for me, it's just different modalities where like in tarot, I'm like psychic channeling 
therapy, I'm not doing that. I'm kind of cutting that from me. And if I get any downloads, I'm not usually sharing them. Um, and I just like, I'm so in my brain in therapy. I'm just like clinically thinking about everything. Like, okay, here's the diagnosis for this. What symptoms are they meeting? What's the frequency of it? What's the duration? What genetic factors are coming in? What environmental factors are coming in? Oh, we have 10 minutes left. I got it all. Whereas coaching is just, I feel more chill, but like my clinical lens is still there. I'm still having that skill set, but I'm not, it's not at the forefront. It's not the only skill set, but like, okay, let's pull a couple cards. Let's do a little somatic work. Um, you know, yeah, here's my story. Like it may be helpful for you. I'll straight up give advice and coaching sometimes. Um, yeah. And also like, yes, I bring my full self into coaching with, within reason though. So we still have to be mindful within coaching. If we feel like our coach is dominating, the conversation that could still be problematic, even though there's no like code of ethics saying that they can't do that. Okay. So that's my main differences in my experience with coaching versus therapy. Um, kind of, yeah, the differences between the two, the similarities between the two and really the overall message is like, we don't have to fight each other. Both spaces are helpful and, we can all just like support each other the best that we can. Um, and another thing that I'll say in my coaching, no, actually I'm not going <laughs> to, okay. I'll say it. Um, as far as professionally, I make more money coaching than I do with being a therapist. And that's for a lot of reasons. And maybe that's, maybe that's a different podcast, but it makes a lot of sense why therapists are turning to coaching. This is a different podcast. Why a therapist turned to coaching, um, which maybe I'll do, but yeah, this is why a lot of therapists are turning to coaching is because we're so sick of pouring so much money into a broken mental health system. So anyway, personally, I love, I love doing both right now. Um, I get to like dip my toe in different frameworks, you know, every other day I get to kind of put a different hat on, especially when I'm also reading tarot and doing, doing Reiki. Um, but yeah, I can talk forever on this topic. I'm very passionate about it. Okay. I hope you have a beautiful Saturday. Um, and thanks for being here. Bye.